welcome to TTM Cast, your sports collectibles podcast, sponsored by SportsCardForum.com, the ultimate in sports card trading and discussion, and sponsored by Diamond Service Grading, fast, accurate, transparent card grading for today's collectors, and sponsored by SportsCollectorsDaily.com. For sports collecting news 24-7, visit SportsCollectorsDaily.com. And now, here's our host, Jeff Baker. Hello, everybody, and welcome to TTM Cast, your sports collectibles podcast. We talk TTM, cards, autographs, collecting, and a whole lot more. You you know what, Drew? It's season four, episode 23. It is the weekend of June 12th. You're listening to nationally ranked sports podcast hosted by me, Jeff Baker. I am talking to you from Boston, Massachusetts. And I'm joined by my friend and co-host, Mr. Drew Pelto from Dallas, Texas. Welcome, Drew. Hey, good to be here, as always. We got another big week. Lots to talk about. Lots to talk about in TTM and collecting. We all had, had a great week. But why don't you let people know what's going on with our radio show, Sports Collectors Club? Of course, as you may know, we are now on Saturdays along with our normal Sunday slots. Saturdays, 10 a.m. Eastern. Sundays, 7 a.m. Eastern. That is on the Sports Map Radio Network. Our show is called Sports Collectors Club. You can find out about that at sportscollectorsclub.com. If you have a, a, a Sports Map Radio affiliate in your area, tune in through there. If you don't, you can download their app. Should be on any uh, Google or Apple app store. There's a Sports Map Radio app. Tune in, check us out there. Yeah, we have guys, we have different content on our radio show, not all the same content. We, uh, but we, 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 we don't tell anyone. This is secret. Just between me, Drew, and you guys. We save all the good stuff for the podcast. It's true. It's <laughs> right, true. Drew. Right, yep. Drew. So we're gonna we're gonna uh, we have a lot of stuff to talk about this week. I had I've had a I had a pretty big week. I went to took my family to go see Paul McCartney uh, in concert at Fenway Park. And part of the my concert at Fenway, we actually got to uh, go tour the Green Monster, and I got to go inside the Green Monster at Fenway Park. I had never done that in all, all my years, so it was kind of cool to go deep inside the green monster kind of saw all the numbers and all the stuff. And there's like millions of talk about autographs in the green monster. There's a, oh, yeah. there's, a there's a million autographs in the, on the green monster. And it was kind of cool. Uh, big week for uh, Boston. We actually went to Fenway uh, on Wednesday night with Paul McCartney show. And it was the same night as the Celtics and the golden state warriors played at the bar at the garden. So oh, wow. Boston was a zoo. Lots of people running around. We had to go pick up my daughter at work. She works at the Paul Revere house in North, the fame North end. So we were down in the North end and boy, there was tons of fans running, you know, walking around before the game. And then, just so many people in town and it was, it was really exciting. A lot of energy in town and, you know, for the, the NBA finals and the Celtics came out and pulled that game out. We got to, we're, we're recording this today on uh, Friday, the 10th that at, at it's about five o'clock now. So we got a game, a game, what was game four tonight, right? Drew. And yeah. then I think is game five on Sunday. I'm not, I think there's only a day in between, but with the long travel, they may make it two days in between. I'm yeah. Not I'm not sure story. about that one, but really, you know, it, I think this thing's going to go six anyway, um, but we'll see. It might even go seven. I think it's the Celtics is surprising me and it's been really good. And then, uh, you know, we've been watching the hockey. I hope Drew, you've been watching the hockey. The hockey has been fabulous. I watched uh, Tampa in the Rangers last night and boy, what a game they had. And uh, they went back and forth and, and I, I really thought the Rangers were going to eat that one out, but, but Tampa came back and they scored, scored a goal with, I don't know, what about two minutes left, two and a half minutes left in the game to make it, 
two to one, and then they then they put an empty netter, and so it was a, a great game. Tampa took take the lead. They are a tough team, and I think I think if the uh, the Abs play Tampa, that's going to be a really good series. It will be. I mean, that's uh, yeah. I haven't really had a chance to watch as much of the East, but I mean, you've got a team there that's trying to fight for a three-peat there in uh, in Tampa Bay. Their coach, of course, is a guy that I know from my days back at the NAHL. He was the head coach of the Texarkana Bandits at one point. So uh, there's a little piece of trivia for anyone out there if anybody knows anything about that team, which, I mean, it didn't, uh, it's only about for like three years, but John Cooper was the coach there for its entire existence. But well, yeah, I mean, I, they're just, uh, you just, I, yeah, I mean, I think you really can't go wrong either way, though, with the Lightning or the Rangers. It's going to be a real good series in the finals. I would not count that Tampa team out there. They're tough and they're, they're proven and, uh, they look, you know, they came back in that Toronto series and, and, and took that one when it looked like they weren't going anywhere. And this not now we got the, you know, they're, they're giving the Rangers a, a, a great series and I think they're going to win it. And uh, I think the Rangers and Cavs, uh, the Rangers and Abs, I mean, are going to be a, a great series. How was your week? You got anything big you know, going on? Not a whole lot. I would finish that uh, guitar that I was talking about last week there, that uh, box with the uh, National Treasures box. So Anybody who follows me on Instagram or Twitter, I posted up uh, pictures of it on there. I had some uh, sound samples of it on my Facebook page as well. I'd play it right now, but I don't have my slide right here with me at all. So it won't really sound worth a crap at all because of that. But yeah, I've finished that up. But other than that, now I haven't really done a whole lot of anything this week. Just uh, going through the rosters on some of these minor league teams that I'm going to be seeing on the road in uh, July and August, figuring out who out of those guys has cards out there and just trying to figure out, okay, how can I buy some of these? I actually got contacted by a listener of the podcast, though, uh, Rob, up in New York. And he said, hey, yeah, I uh, heard your comment about, you know, needing to get cards of these guys. Do you want 50-50 some of them? And so I said, yes, I do. I will get you a list. It's a guy I've traded with before, too. Rob is also, in addition to doing baseball stuff, he's a soccer and hockey collector, which, you know, I collect both of those as well. So uh, I've dealt with him before, a good guy and all that. So it's like, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely talk about that. So I'm getting the list together to send over to him and hopefully be able to save a few bucks that way because I'm sitting here and looking through like, okay, well, I've got 20 games that we're going to be going to see. They're going to feature, I think like 36 or 38 different teams. God, that is going to be a lot of cards I've got to buy. So if I can cut down a little bit on the cost there, you know, 50, 50 with him, I will gladly take a deal like that. So uh, yeah, hopefully I'll be able to knock out a few that way. But aside from that pretty quiet week here. Well, guys, we're going to be following Drew on his excellent adventure uh, on the podcast. And we may we might have a couple of special uh, uh, submissions each each week. With Drew, Drew's on the road. He's going to be going to uh, I don't know what about thirty or forty different minor league stadiums and going to all these different games. And, and he's coming east for the national. We'll hook up there, and Drew and I are going to go see uh, Manchester, the man, the Manchester Fisher, Fisher Cats, and new the New Hampshire Fisher Cats up in Manchester, New Hampshire. We're going to take in a game together. So, and uh, I know he's going to the Woo Sox and in Worcester, and he's got all sorts of fun stuff. And uh, I'll have to give you know, just a full, I'll have to give a full rundown of the whole schedule there at some point here before I. Yeah, go. and maybe in the next in the next week or two, we'll we'll kind of break it down. I actually picked up a uh, a rookie 1965 Rico Petroselli card. On eBay I've got today. that one ready. Yep. I've got that one in his 72, both for the, uh, for the national there. And yeah, I just, I've actually that. started picking up the extra tickets. I'm going to need to, I still need to get, I still need to get one extra Mickey Morandini and two extra um, Bill Madlock tickets. But other than that, I've got at least uh, all the extras I need all set. So hopefully I can trade around and do some stuff there to get those last three. 
All right, and and we're gonna we're gonna release some stuff that we're gonna be doing at the national uh, where we, where we'll be, and we're gonna have a listener uh, event, you know, just a, a meet and greet. We're not buying everyone beers. Keep that in mind, guys. <laughs> we're not buying everyone beers. We're just gonna say hi, hi and have fun and talk talk cards with you guys uh, on uh, Thursday night, and we'll uh, of the national, and we'll give some uh, let you know what booths we're gonna be in because we're gonna be in a different couple different booths during the, the national and uh we're going to be recording uh some shows and some interviews and we're going to we're inviting everyone to if you're going to be at the national make sure you stop by because we'd love to talk to you and interview you for the show and we're going to be if you're not at the national don't worry we're going to we're going to get you there virtually right drew and i will will yep. be your your eyes and ears and we're going to you know probably for the mo- whole month of july and into august we're going to be covering uh what's going on the national or review what's going on the national we'll have all sorts of interviews talk to so hopefully we can get some athletes to talk to and we'll talk to some people in the hobby and it'll be fun it'll be a fun time so we're really looking forward to that we've got a great show for you guys this week we have brandon versal brandon is producer creator uh head chief bottle washer and does basically everything for the show called the card life it's on a tv show that uh brandon has started and it's hosted by matt strom from the red sox and uh, we're going to talk to Matt, uh, Brandon, about uh, that kind of starting their second season on uh, this Wednesday, July 15th. And we're going to talk to uh, Brandon about uh, his first year of the show and what they plan for the second year. So that's coming up. And then next week, I had the pleasure of interviewing Mike Floyd. Mike Floyd played uh, eight seasons of minor league baseball with the Angels the Astros and the Dodgers. And he just wrote a new book. It's called Bush League Blues. I talked a little about it last week on TTM Cast Stamp for Approval, but Mike uh, wrote a brand new book called Bush League Blues. And we talked to Mike about his playing in the minor leagues and also about his new book. And Mike was uh, collected autographs while he was, was playing. And uh, it's really a, a fun interview. So that'll be next week. So sit tight, sit tight for that. But uh, this week we have Brendan Versal and we also have all our regular segments, right, Drew? We do indeed. We've got Baker's Dozen with a full rundown of all the latest hobby news from the past week. More from Les. Les Wolf, one of the greats of the autograph world, will be joining us and uh, talking about how to track down some tough-to-find autographs that you might need. Uh, Making the Grade, covering everything about, uh, about card grading. Stamp Approval, where we just talk about anything that we want to give our two thumbs up to from the past week. We've got the Vern Rap Minute with a rundown of any deaths in the world of celebrity, in sports, in politics, wherever. And of course, the main reason why we're here and why you're tuning in our TTM returns. And guys, I want to thank, um, I've been getting a lot of emails from, for, from listeners and I, we really appreciate it. Uh, we love to hear from you. I, I love to hear stories of, uh, of what you guys collect or, or how you found the show and what you think of the show. And, and uh, you know, we, I, we know every lo- everyone loves Drew. So you can, you can badmouth me. That's fine. If you want to send us an email, uh, just let us send us an email too ttmcast at yahoo.com he's the best isn't he he is the <laughs> best you can also text- i'm gonna get a button that i just have to push and that'll be it i just have it right That's there. right yep, well and, and, right until we until we get the the uh the the jingle the, the ttmcast jingle we're gonna have to just we're just gonna have to do this the old old-fashioned way and then we have our text line it's 978-729-0662 and i, I just want to let everyone know right i have been an interviewing fool the last two or three weeks so i we have we have so many cool interviews coming up, guys. I just I, we have uh, former athletes. We have a former uh, Jet quarterback. No, not him. We have a former ABA player. We have also we have authors. We have 
guys in the hobby. We have uh, just regular collectors that I've been talking to. So I, we have all sorts of great content for you guys leading up to the national. So we're really excited about that. Let your friends know what we're doing. Let If you know, you're know you into collecting, uh, spread the word. Let people know about TTM Cast because uh, our listenership is through the roof lately. I want to thank all our new listeners. Uh, you guys, we, re- we really appreciate it. And all the guys that have been with us uh and have enjoyed the show and, and uh really pumped up drew drew had all has got all his friends sending in he's got his, his mother his uncle his aunt i never <laughs> i never i never get a bad review from drew so he he must have his whole relative base sending a sending me emails because i'm getting a ton of emails praising drew so drew keep up whatever you're doing you're doing it right cool i'll, I'll just keep on doing this then <laughs> <laughs> We're going to go right into Baker's Dozen, which is our news segment for the week. Baker's Dozen, sponsored by SportsCollectorsDaily.com. Smart collectors turn to Sports Collectors Daily to stay up to date. From new releases to incredible collections hitting the auction block, news from inside the business of sports collectibles, and much more, Sports Collectors Daily has it, all with no subscription cost. SC Daily also delivers a live look at the most watched sports card auctions on eBay for every sport. Sign up to get the headlines in your email for free or just visit the website whenever you like. With 16,000 stories in the archive going back 16 years, there is always plenty to read at sportscollectorsdaily.com. Baker's Dozen is our news segment. It's a summary of what's been going on in the hobby. Before I get into this, I just want to remind everyone about my uh, articles, my weekly articles in sportscollectorsdaily.com. It's on TTMing and autograph tips. Uh, Drew always uh, kind of give, gives some, some input on it. So he, if Drew's not in the forefront, he's right in there in the background helping out with, with some suggestions and stuff. It's a, it's a really fun article. We talk about what's going on in the podcast. We also talk about... Uh, TTMing and autograph collecting and, and, and as such. So if you please check it out, it's on sportscollectorsdaily.com. So uh, please read it. Uh, Drew, we, had, so we, we hit a record. There's another record this week in, in uh, auctions. We did. Yeah. It's uh, something we talked about the last uh, week or two on a couple previous episodes here, but that Wayne Gretzky 1988 Oilers jersey they went up for auction in gray flannel auctions. It had already hit the point of being the most expensive hockey jersey ever sold before the auction even ended. But by the time it ended, $1.45 million for that. So, yeah, I mean, jersey, I mean, game used jerseys are always big and stuff from Wayne Gretzky is always big. You combine those two together and yeah, you're guaranteed to see some records shattered. Can you see this? Honey, I just bought a hockey jersey for $1.45 million. Oh, and by the way, it has champagne stains on it. Is that yeah. okay? <laughs> <laughs> Would you ever get back into the house? Um, no, I, I don't, I would be dead on the, in the front yard pretty much. Yeah, me too. Well, that, that, that's cool. I'm jealous of, of the person that bought that. That's kind of, that's kind of cool. So, uh, you know, anytime that we can break records in the hobby, it shows that there's a lot of money in the hobby and it, it's good for the hobby as a whole, which is really cool. And we were speaking at the beginning about, uh, Brandon Versal, who's going to be on the show. Uh, I just want to remind everyone the cards life they're starting their second season and they're doing a Boston show, which, which hits home for me in, in two ways. Obviously I'm from Boston. It's going to be launching on Wednesday, June 15th. And will be available online uh, after July 15th. And we'll let people know if you, if you don't have it, but uh, you can't see that, see it. it uh, it's going to be airing on Valley sports network across the country. It is also on Masson in the, in the Baltimore area and Maryland area. And also on, um, 
MSG in the New York area and on Nesson in the New England area. So it's all across the country. And uh, they're going to do a feature on me, on TTMing and, and, and me and, and the podcast and the radio show. So make sure you check it out. It's called The Card Life. You can go to cardlifetv.com to learn more. Uh, we're going to hear from Brandon Versal later on the, in the show. I had a pleasure of interviewing him, talking about both the, their first season, which they, they just completed. They're starting their second season. So just check it out, thecardlifetv.com. Got some news out of uh, down here in the Dallas area. Beckett has a new CEO, so new leadership there at the top company in uh, sports collectibles publications there. I believe uh, Kunal Chopra is the name, and I believe he's going to be handling all of the, the entire company, I think. That's including their grading, their publications, their authentications. You name it, he's the guy overseeing all of it. So cool to see they've got some new leadership there, and interesting to see uh, what's going to come of that. Yeah, and he's a technology guy, so he's going to bring a lot of new technology, I think, to Beckett. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's going to, it's new, new blood into the, the hobby, which is nice. And I think he's going to be very progressive. And I think a lot of excitement, I think we're going to see a lot of exciting things coming out of Beckett. So I look forward to that. And congratulations to Canal uh, on uh, the new position. Uh, eBay has uh, opened their new vault. They had talked about it a while ago, uh, and they are opening a new vault for any cards worth $750 or more now can be stored and sold via eBay. So basically, if you have a card that you want to sell through eBay, you can send it to them. They'll physically hold on to it and they'll protect it or whatever, hold, hold on to it and then ship it directly from the, their their physical vault. Uh, so that's kind of cool. The cards have to be worth more than seven hundred and fifty dollars, and I think it's a plus for both the buyer and the seller. eBay's been doing a lot of cool things. We had Bob Means on a, a couple weeks ago talking about what's going on in eBay, and this is just another step of, of eBay uh, entering into. We, we're going to try this again, Drew. The twenty second century, twenty first, twenty first century. I did I did that wrong last time too. <laughs> <laughs> into the twenty first century. See when you're when you're old, you just forget. It all just kind of runs together. And- it screws me up all the time because like the 1800s are the 19th century. It's like, this, this, this doesn't, no, I don't, I don't like this. I don't, I don't like that at all. No. I don't like it either. I, yeah. It very, it confuses me and my, my, my feeble little brain, but yeah. that's why, that's why we keep Drew around to keep me in the, the lane. He's the gutters for me. He keeps well, that's me why we're, That's why we're here talking and writing. We're not doing the math or anything. I mean, that's, that's we're right. really not numbers people at all. Well, we have some new uh, national news. I know you guys are probably sick of hearing about the national. And I, and I told you we're going to be talking the national ad nauseum because we're very excited about it. But we have some national news to let you know about. Yeah, if you're tired of the, if you're tired of national news, uh, yeah, that's just, you're not going to have a good time for the next about a month and a half. Now. Yeah. Yeah, some uh, changes on the signers list. Two additions to it. Odell Beckham Jr., wide receiver on the Super Bowl champion Los Angeles Rams, formerly of the uh, Browns and the Giants. He's going to be making an appearance out there, as will Bobby Hull, the great, uh, the Golden Jet, the uh, Chicago Blackhawks and Winnipeg Jets great. So good chance to be able to meet both of those guys. Uh, some unfortunate news, Ryan Sandberg, according to uh, TriStar's website, had to cancel his appearance at the Nationals. So we won't be seeing him at all, but a couple of nice names there to uh, make up for his, uh, for his disappearance. But tickets are on sale now for any of those autographed guests. You can check that out at nsccshow.com. And, of course, that is going to be July 27th through the 31st out in Atlantic City. And we'll, of course, be out there for it. So we'll see you there. Drew, as a Browns fan, does it bother you uh, just even hear L- Odell Beckham's name? Because he and I, honestly, he didn't do much for the. He was great for the Giants. He did fabulous for the Rams. But 
I don't think he showed up for the Browns one way or the other. Do you think he kind of tanked a little? I blame the guy throwing the ball at him. I know you hate my namesake. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to put it on him. And I mean, that's the reason why he wanted to get out of there. And the fact is, yeah, he was great with the other two teams. I mean, I don't know. It just seems to me, I mean, is it possible? Yeah. That he could have just you know, completely tanked with the Browns. It's possible, but there's just, I mean, I don't know. There's such a history of players there who have, you know, just can't seem to play with Baker Mayfield throwing them the ball. I mean, just look at uh, what's his, God, who's the other receiver there. Um, blanking on his name Jarvis? now, but uh, Jarvis, yeah, Jarvis Landry. Landry, there you go. Landry had one good year there and then just was crap after that. So I don't think you can really blame Beckham on this one at all. I'm a huge Beckham fan. I, I think the kid is awesome. So uh, I, I just, I was, I, I, I was a little surprised he didn't turn it on with bronze because I thought it was going to be a natural form and, it just, it just was, wasn't a fit that happens every once in a while. Well, our friends uh, at Fanatics are at it again. Fanatics through Tops. They're going to have um, college basketball and football cards with the school logo. There's over 150 different schools that they're uh, in agreement with. They're going to put it under the Bowman University brand, uh, coming out with cards for, for uh, college men's college basketball, women's college basketball football and some other sports as well. And they're going to start off this fall with football. Um, so the old age old question, right, Drew, mm-hmm. when is a rookie card, a rookie card, right? I mean, now yeah. you, don't, you don't know anymore. I'm kind of wondering if you're going to see them. Well, it depends on, I mean, how they're going to have to, how they're going to end up handling it because now with, you know, the uh, NIL stuff, you can make cards of players that are in college now, which Panini has done a little bit of that, but not a whole ton. And so I think they refer to that as like their first, their first prospect card or something like that. And you see that a bit with uh, tops and Bowman stuff. You'll see that with uh, the guys that haven't yet hit the majors, So you can't call them their rookie cards, but it'll say that it's on there. That's their first Bowman card or something like that. I bet you'll see something like that where it'll just say first card as opposed to, you know, rookie card or something like that. So that's my, well, what's, your, what's your feeling on it? Cause I've been picking up some first Bowman's of some of the guys that I like, you know, like Devers and Bogarts and some of these other guys that, that I didn't, Cause I wasn't, I was never really into Bowman until probably maybe two years ago. I first, I started getting Bowman cards. So I have a real hole in, in my collection of these first Bowman's. Do, what's your thought on that? Do you like the, the first Bowman as the rookie card? Or do you want the uh, rookie card insignia, you know, from tops or, or wherever? I tend to go for just for the uh, rookie card as, as, as the MLBPA requires with the uh, RC stamp on it and everything definitely is my preference and frankly i like that they have that on there now because tops shot themselves in the foot so badly for you know the entire decade of the 90s well into the 2000s there where you know they wanted to get ahead of everybody and you know put out a rookie card of a guy so you know dump every possible rookie they could into the bowman sets and that just completely ruined the tops flagship brand from about 1994 or thereabouts all the way up until about 2004 because you couldn't put a guy in there because, oh, well, his rookie card was already, you know, three years before that in Bowman. So Topps just lacks that rookie presence for so long in there. So I think it's great that the MLBPA and MLB and Topps all kind of stepped in together and said, look, we got to change this and kind of, you know, change, change to how all that was handled. So I still like most the actual rookie card, though, that has the actual RC stamp on it. The, uh, the first Bowman stuff definitely has its place. I do enjoy getting those because, I mean, I do a lot of minor league autographs. So I like right, I know you do whatever I can. So, yeah, whenever I can get those ones done, I will. But for the most part, as an actual first card of a player, to me, that RC stamp is and should always be king. Yeah, I think that's the way the hobby looks at it, don't you? Yeah. 
I do. Well, we were talking uh, pops, and and now uh, we some have some new releases to report. And this came out this week is the 2002 Top Series Two Baseball. So this is the the second set of the second part of the flagship set. Uh, hobby boxes are out, and uh, there's 24 packs uh, in a hobby box plus one silver pack which has five chrome cards in it. You get 14 cards per pack. There's 330 cards in the Series Two. Uh, it's kind of getting panned. The series two has been kind of getting panned because, of, as you said, the rookies they they left a lot of the rookies out of the series two, and maybe they're going to put them in the updates. You know, a lot of these guys, Torkelson and some other guys that we thought were going to be in the series two, are not in series two. But we'll see. Uh, I'm I'm going to probably just wait and, and buy the set. You know, for the 330 cards in in the set for whatever, or maybe but just buy the full the bolt set one and two. I haven't just I have. I think I have basically set one now, so I don't know. I haven't decided yet. But hobby boxes are going for about $125. And the jumbo boxes, which I love, uh, you get a ton more cards. It's going for about $200. That's uh, top Series 2 2022 baseball got released this week. Also saw Panini Noir basketball hit the shelves here this week as well. High-end offering there from Panini. You get a 10-card pack. Uh, four autographs, three base or parallel cards, and three memorabilia cards. Price tag on that one's going to set you back twenty nine hundred dollars, but that's some pretty cool looking stuff, though. Yeah, those are they're pretty cards. They really are. But I know you and I have talked about that, and uh, I recommend you to get involved in a case break if you like those cards, or just just buy the team that you like or the player that you like, and you don't have to invest two thousand nine hundred dollars on a, on a on a pack of ten cards, right? So we had um, 2022 Absolute Baseball came out. Uh, this isn't, I'm not really a big fan of uh, Absolute Baseball, um, but it is kind of a lower end product, right? And it doesn't have the logos and they're okay. You get uh, two 10 card packs, two autos, two relics, one numbered insert for about $150 per box. Uh, 2022 Absolute Baseball uh, just came out this week. Uh, we're going to see uh, actually just coming out today as we're recording this uh, Panini Obsidian Football. Kind of a mid-range product there. You get a uh, one pack of seven cards per box. You get four autographs or memorabilia cards. You get two parallel or inserts and one base card. That's going to set you back $450 there. Again, Panini does a great job. That you, the, the cards that Panini puts out are fabulous. And I really love when they have the, the rights, to, you know, the logo rights, which makes them uh, even better. It's, it, it's a nice take. Uh, the last release this week was a uh, 2021-22 ProSet Power Basketball. This is the first uh, basketball release from ProSet. ProSet is um, uh, they they they've come back with uh, a couple of new releases recently. Uh, there's seven cards in in a box, and you're only getting you get seven autos per box, which is pretty good. And it's about 140 dollars. So um, you know if you're into basketball and you want to take a shot, there's all sorts of different guys in the set. 2021-22. Uh, Pro set power basketball has come out uh, this week and it is $140. Well, that wraps up Baker's dozen for the week. Next up, we're going to hear more from less. Well, guys, it's time for more from less from uh, our friend, Les Wolf, who's uh, uh, now an official correspondent to the show. <laughs> He's been coming, coming to us just, you know, just about every week with some tips about collecting and autographs. And this week we talked to Les about, getting those hard autographs, either in person or through the mail. So enjoy my talk with, uh, with Les Wolf, who is in, an industry legend. Uh, here's uh, more from Les. And now it's time for more from Les with hobby legend Les Wolf. 
And it's now time, guys, for my favorite segment. We're going to talk with Les Wolf, and it's more from Les. And Les Wolf, of course, is our industry legend, expert, hobby expert. He's been collecting autographs for over 60 years. And we're going to tap his brain, the brain of a genius, to find out what to do with autographs. And, and this gentleman has been collecting autographs for longer than I've been alive. So welcome back to the program, Les. Hi, welcome. Thank you. Welcome, Jeff. Uh, first off, I'm not a legend. I'm just Les Wolf. Uh, I'm just I'm just a collector that couldn't afford his addiction and had to become a dealer to continue to collecting. If you want to check out some of the stuff Les has on his uh, available on his store online, you go to Les Wolf Sports LLC. That's Les Wolf W O L F F Sports LLC dot com. He has all sorts of cool stuff. We have Father's Day uh, approaching. You get a cool Father's Day gift. But today we're going to talk a little about getting the hard to get autograph. There's all sorts of white whales out there and guys that you really want to get an autograph. And, you know, through the mill is kind of difficult unless it's actually a pro at um, getting autographs in person. So we're going to talk a little about kind of in person and getting that hard to, hard to get autograph. Les, why don't you give us a few <laughs> tips on how to get that hard to get autograph? For a living person or a deceased person? Well, obviously you can't get a deceased person's autograph. So no, we're going to go no, but some of the most difficult autographs are the deceased, and there is tricks to getting those also. Yeah, well, why don't we talk about living first, and then if we have time, we can talk about the deceased ones. I'm thinking more about, um, you know, finding out uh, where a team's staying in a hotel, how's the best place to uh, reach, a per reach a guy that might be difficult to get a hold of, and, uh, you know, how, how you know you have, like, a, a guy that you want to get an autograph from, uh, but, you, you, you know, you, you know, you're not going to get it through the mail and you can't get it at the stadium because there's eight trillion people there. How would I get? I don't know. You know, Jason Tatum's autograph, the guy that I, I really enjoy watching. But, uh, you know, I, I don't have his autograph. Well, some of the ways to get some of the, the, the current guys is to check people in, the, in that area, let's say Boston, and find out from the collectors at the stadiums and the hotels. The signing tendencies. From what I understand, Jason Tatum just signed before a game sometimes. I know he came to Brooklyn, and one of my, my younger son's friends is a big Celtic fan. And he was yelling, he had made a little sign, Jason Tatum, blah, blah, blah. Well, Tatum gave him his game used sneakers. Nice. So, you know, it's just a matter of doing something nice. I mean, too many people are out there just run up to some athlete and they'll say, can you sign? Can you sign? Can you sign? A simple just please and thank you. Mr. Tatum, could you do me a favor, please? Could you sign this? Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Whether he signs it or not, you want to show them respect. A lot of times, a lot of these collectors show absolutely no respect and no, no, no idea towards um, knowing when, and when to and when not to. If an athlete is with his wife and he's in the middle of a conversation, don't just barge in and say, excuse me, and ask for his autograph. Wait till he's finished talking. Be polite. Uh, most of the time, if you show an athlete respect, he's going to go give it back to you. One of the hardest autographs to ever get, he only did it for, for pay, was Bill, is Bill Russell. But I will tell you, I bought it, got his book. I bought a number of his signed books. And the son, at the time, my, my older son was doing, had a blog, King of Sports blog, Brad Wolf. He did that. And 
Russell wouldn't do anything. Russell wouldn't sign for anybody. But the key thing with Bill Russell, opposed to a lot of other athletes and other sports, and I got to give the man a lot of credit, he'd always be very polite. He'd say, I'm sorry, I can't, I don't sign autographs, blah, blah, blah. And he'd walk away, but you'd felt, you felt, you felt respect. You, he respected you and you respected him. Guys back in the day, like Bob Gibson, people would go up to him, he'd rip up their books. He was just a very bitter man until money came around and then he started signing his name. So sometimes you, you do have to offer them money. Uh, some of the would you, would you be young? Uh, would you be not comfortable offering them money and ascending like a hotel or, uh, you know, you see them out, out and about or even at the game? You're not going to you're going to say not you're not going to say, hey, Jason Tatum, here's 20 dollars. Can you sign my my thing or what's no, the, no, what's... No. The, the way to go to believe it or not? The first autograph that I of any player that I ever met that asked for money was Willie Stargell. Willie Stargell used to say, give me three bucks for sickle cell anemia, which I said, fine, good cause. And sometimes if that one particular athlete that you really like that doesn't normally sign, okay, Mr. Tatum, uh, I'd like to give you $100 to go to charity, to your favorite charity, just for you to sign this. And there, is, there almost isn't any athlete that won't say to themselves, wow, he knows the charity that I, that I donate money to. Let me sign his one thing. He's giving me a hundred dollars to give. I'm going to go give it to the, put it in the charities bank. And that, that to me shows that the, the person is a real fan and he's gone out of his way to do some research. And he wants to, he does, he's, he wants to get this autograph for himself. He's not looking to sell it. He's looking right. So to, really do your homework, right? Really know who you're yeah, talking absolutely. to. You, because more often than none, these athletes are bombarded with autograph requests. So you have to do something out of the, out of the realm. What I've always done is I've always been able to acquire unique photos. Like we spoke about in the, in the previous segment, I, I love photos. So a lot of, a lot of athletes never get the chance to see some of the photos that are taken by photographers. So for years and years and years, I would get photos of different athletes and to break the ice with the photo with the athlete, I'd say, okay, like Reggie Jackson's a huge photo collector of his pictures of himself. Say, Reggie, I've got a stack of pictures here. Uh, I've got a bunch for you. And, and if you could sign some for me, sure. What do you want? Sugar Ray Lennon was at a dinner five years ago. I had a stack of wire photos, you know, newspaper photos. Yeah. And he said, I'm not signing any of these. I said, listen, Mr. Leonard, I'm not asking you to sign these. Take a look at these pictures. Pick out a couple that you want for yourself. And if you could sign the rest for me, I'd appreciate it. So you put him in a situation where the athlete just about can't say no to you because you know he wants the pictures of, of himself. And all it's going to cost him is just scribbling his name on a few things. So it's a win-win because he can't get those pictures. So that to me is a surefire way of, of getting the autographs and not having to worry about you know about him signing it so you give up some photos but you get you're getting what you really want is the hotel still the the one of the best places to uh, track these guys down especially when their their road teams are coming into town i i grew up getting the autographs at the hotel but there's a time and a place and i would say more often than none now you're better off getting them at the stadiums because 
they 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 can't come up with the same the excuse of this is where I live or you know don't bother me here this is my home whatever you got you stand a better chance at the stadiums to get them. And how about if you see uh, an athlete or a celebrity out out about either you know at a movie or going having dinner or do you shy away from them is, is do you respect their their privacy at that time or do you, is there anyone out that you would ask for an autograph? Or that's just not, it's kind of frowned upon now. Yeah, if you see them out, you know, walking the streets or something, you know, say, excuse me. Like I bumped into Derek Jeter on the street. And all I did was just say hello. I mean, one of the first guys I've ever met, believe it, before is actually collecting autographs was Mickey Mantle. And I was running to my orthodontist's office from, you know, get my teeth fixed. And I see Mickey Mantle sitting outside having, uh, lunch having dinner outside the st moritz hotel and i just waved hey mickey he waved back that was it i wasn't going to disturb him but you never know where you're going to meet people and and my suggestion to everybody you know bring a baseball with you no matter where you go and have the proper pen and you never know like i went to uh last year i went to a, a yankees against tampa bay and my son got tickets uh, i think for father's day and we sat in the uh, legend seats. So my son says, I think that's Neil Simon. I say, I think you're right. So rather than go up to him during the, during the, during the game and disturbing him, I waited till the end of the game. I said, Mr. Simon, would you mind signing these, these two baseballs? Sure. So you, it, it's, all about, it's all about how you present yourself and when you present yourself and the proper way to present yourself. If you, go, if you bum rush these guys, and you're not nice to them, I don't see any reason why they're going to sign for you. If you're nice, polite to them, and and you respect them, you disguise the limit. You never know what these guys might do. So really, you're you're saying be prepared, meaning have a baseball or uh, something for them to sign and a pen that you want to sign. Make sure if you're going to if you're going to an event or uh, even have something in the car that you know just keep it keep it. Uh, yeah, handy. exactly. And then also, if you if you know you're going to something, uh, do a little homework and let and get to, get get a, a reason uh, why these guys can talk to you and you can talk to them and be um, intelligent about it and be polite, obviously. And, and I think you have to also have to keep in mind that you're not going to get these guys on the best their best day every day, right? Because I'm sure these guys. <laughs> get to the point where like they've had enough or they don't want to sign autographs that day or uh, i don't i think you have to not take it personally right absolutely i mean i'll tell you a classic example maybe five years ago or longer we do stadiums my family and i would go to different stadiums because we've been trying to get to go to every stadium i think we're down to kansas city we haven't been to and i forgot i forgot what team mark mcguire was the batting coach and san diego i think pardon me san diego it might have been then. Well, anyway, I needed him on my 500 home run ball. But first time I've ever seen someone do this, and this was pretty smart. Some guy actually did his full research on him and knew that he's a big Roger Staubach fan. So he had a Roger Staubach autograph mini helmet. And he yells over, Mark, 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 Mr. McGuire, I have this Roger Staubach mini helmet for you. Wouldn't you know it? McGuire sticks his hand up. Hold on a second. I'll be there after batting practice and he came over he couldn't have been nicer so it's all about what you do you know or, or it could be an athlete that maybe 
you went to Switzerland and you got these really good Swiss chocolates and this guy loves chocolate. I mean, you show me an athlete doesn't love chocolate. And like Marvin Hagler, may he rest in peace. You bring over a good bottle of wine, no matter wh where you are with him, come on over. That for me, yeah. What can I sign for you? Uh, right. So well, I mean, unless you're unless you're a little kid or a beautiful girl, you have you have to bring something else to the table, right? Exactly, exactly. And as far as deceased autographs, the hard to get. What I tell people is, I, I know a bunch of people are trying to get like Niall Kinnick is a very tough uh, Heisman Trophy winner, one of the rarest. And I tell people get whatever you can find on him, if it's a piece of paper or whatever. And if you want to build up and get them on a photo, get that get that pick cut autograph, buy it now, hold on to it, sell it, and then use that money and everything addition to get them on a photo. Same thing with Babe Ruth. First Babe Ruth autograph I ever bought was on an album page. It cost me $50. I still have it, but that's all I could afford back then. And I bought other things since then, but you got, you got to get started somewhere to find it. And you, you got to do your research. Once again, the same way, do your research, find out his signing habits. I needed Robert Fitzsimmons autograph at the time. I put it all over the internet, all over social media. Well, a great nephew of his had an autograph of his and I bought it from him. So, you know, you never know where you're going to find things. And it's all about just the way you market yourself how you, and your approach to trying to find it. And as far as, or a family member may have uh, something, may have, let's say a Ty Cobb check or something. Okay, you're a Ty Cobb's a granddaughter. How about if I give you $500 uh, to go to your favorite charity or church or synagogue or whatever, and keep that and donate it and just send me a check. So that's how a lot of stuff was obtained over the years. Barry Halper, famous collector, yep. used, used to do that kind of stuff. You know, you get you get what you pay for, and you you the, as nice as you are to that athlete or the family member, they're going to be just as nice back to you, and they're going to remember you for that. Do you? I know um, Michael Jordan is kind of your 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 white wolf, uh, <laughs> and you're, you're 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 trying to get him. Do you have Do you have your plan to get? Uh, Jordan in your in your mind so the next time you you have a chance well, next time I'm going to say him I'm, I'm going to tell him the truth I'm saying listen before I die on my tombstone I wanted to say that I got Michael Jordan's autograph so I want to hear him tell me no you know <laughs> you know I mean you got you know you also got to make it's another thing you got to try to make that athlete laugh you know uh oh I watched your game when you hit the uh like like, like I think I mentioned one other time before Earl Monroe First time I ever met Earl Monroe, he was on the Baltimore Bullets. They had just beaten the Knicks in a playoff game, and they were at the New York, the uh, New York uh, Stadler Hilton Hotel in Manhattan, which is across the street from Madison Square Garden. I said, Mr. Monroe, I'm a big basketball fan. Uh, I just want to ask you one question. Tell me, I'm a young kid. I'm, I'm in junior high. I'm in high school. How do I practice that shot? that you hit, you hitting these jump shots all over the place. He looked me straight in the eye with a straight face and he said, my friend, son, luck, it's just luck. I'm saying, really? <laughs> I, I, like, I was dumbfounded, like, but he perhaps at the time was one of the, the greatest jump shooters. I mean, compared to some of the guys now, it's different, but he was amazing back then. And that's why he was the Earl of Pearl Monroe and stuff like that. So 
you just come up with something. Okay. Rod Gaspar has become a good friend of mine. Sure. Gaspar was on a 69 Mets. I, at the time, I didn't have much money as a teenager. I grew up in the projects. So once in a while, I'd get tickets to go to a game. Well, I go to the game where Bob Moose throws the no-hitter against the Mets. Roberto Clemente is in right field. And I'm, I'm not a Met fan. I didn't hate the Mets, but I'm not a Met fan. And Clemente, I just love watching. Clemente leaps up against the right field fence and makes this amazing catch up high against the right field fence at Shea Stadium and robs this player of a, of a hit. Well, that player is Rod Gaspar. I told Gaspar that story. And since then, we've become friends because he didn't even remember that. It's stuff like that. You know, like I always say, there's a reason why memorabilia is called me is memorabilia because it's memories. And those memories is what keeps us young. And no matter what we do with our collections and our hobby and our family, we're always going to tell stories about the memories of us being younger and some of the best times we ever had as a child as an adult, as a father, as a grandfather, as a son or whatever. And this is what keeps us young. And this is what, what collecting memorabilia is all about is the memories. Well, you know, it works in TTM as well through the mail. If you send a, a letter to somebody, as opposed to just sending a, a note saying, I want your autograph. If you give them a reason why you want their autograph. And if you have a memory of that person and makes it special, I think you have a better chance of getting an autograph through the mail from some of these guys. Absolutely. Or if you say to them, well, Mr. Koufax, I was at your fifth no hitter. You know, I can't believe you threw him a curveball when he was he couldn't touch your fastball. You know, something off the off the wall like that. Or or you go up to Steph Curry, uh, Mr. Curry, could you sign this autograph? But can you just show me that shimmy that you like to do? How do you do that? You know, which step, which foot do I start with? Something like that. We want the, the best way I, I've always said to get someone's autograph or someone's attention is humor. Humor them because you like to be, we like to be entertained. They like to be entertained the same way. Right. I agree. Well, thank you. We're talking with Les Wolf. Les Wolf, of course, is industry legend, a hobby legend. You can learn nah, Jeff, more. You're the legend. <laughs> Just call you. me Les Wolf. I, I, no, I, you're I, always a legend to me, Les. You can more. Learn more about Les. He has all sorts of stuff uh, on his website, company website. So Les Wolf Sports, LLC.com. It's Les Wolf, W-O-L-F-F, Sports, LLC.com. If you have a question for Les, we talk to Les just about every week now. You can send it to me at TTMcast, or you can email Les directly at lwolf1823 out of AOL.com. I'll read it one more time. That's L-W-O-L-F-F-F. -F -F. One eight two three. That's two Fs, not not three. If I said it at AOL.com, send it to Les directly, and, and he'll get back to you. We have all sorts of stuff that we're going to talk to Les uh, a week, and excuse me, Les Les Wolf each week. But what's happening with autographs and tips and tricks and pick his brain? I think a couple of weeks we'll talk about the national coming up. We have all sorts of subjects to talk about. So if you have a subject or a suggestion for Les, just let us know by email. Les is uh, going to the Boxing uh, Hall of Fame and, and it's going to get up in, in New York and he's going to get a bunch of autographs there. We'll get the feedback on, on his trip up there. He's getting ready for the National. He has all sorts of gifts available for Father's Day. Les, anything else? Birthdays, anniversaries, wedding days, you name it. Gifts. Yeah, graduations. The, the best gift you could possibly give somebody is is reminding them of the memory of their favorite athlete by giving them an autograph of their favorite athlete. 
because it keeps them young and it keeps the bond between you and, and that relative or friend. Because I, I guarantee you, anybody has ever gotten, let's say, a Mickey Mantle autograph or a Muhammad Ali autograph or someone like that from someone as a gift. Do you know that my friend Jeff Baker gave me that Muhammad Ali autograph that I have sitting on the wall there? The best gift I ever got in the whole world. And that's that Jeff Baker guy. He's the best. I don't know about you, Les, but I can look at, I have probably, you know, I have thousands of autographs. You probably have tens of thousands of autographs. And I bet 99% of them, I can remember how I got it, either through the mail or in person, or if somebody, I made a trade with somebody. But, uh, you know, to, to take the trash out, I need to be re reminded 17 times. But I, when, you, when you say that, if you give somebody a gift of something that's autographed by somebody, they're going to remember you. And it, it's, a nice, it's a nice way of connecting you to the person that you gave the gift to. Oh, absolutely. And uh, I, as you, I mean, I think maybe because it's our, our, uh, our sickness, is I do remember every one I got in person and where I got them, almost when I got them. Some of the stories may be a little changed, but most of the stories I'll remember. I mean, the funnier ones or the, like, for example, I'll leave you with one really funny one. A good friend of mine, I call him Tiny because he's real short. He was short. We played basketball. He destroyed me in basketball. Great guy. We went for Will Chamberlain's autograph. He was staying at the Carlisle Hotel in Manhattan. Chamberlain, he's the only one there. The team was staying somewhere else. Chamberlain comes out to take his morning walk. And um, he signs for us once. And then he, he's on his way back. And we go, my friend Rory goes up to him and he's saying, can you sign for us again? So Chamberlain looks at him, didn't I get you? So my friend Rory, remember, Wilt is 7'2", Rory's about 5'2". And Rory says to him, Oh, Will, you gotta, you gotta. <laughs> so what's Will Chamberlain going to say? I, I can't sign for this little kid again. One more autograph. So, you know, it's, it, you never know. And it's, and it's all about the approach and the humor and to see Will Chamberlain as big as he was start laughing at Rory when he said that, you know, it's, it's just great. Yeah. Well, that, autographs are fun and that's why we do it. And we will have uh less just about every week. We, we give him a week off every once in a while, but, uh, if you want to have a question or, or uh, want to get some feedback about lessons of parents, just send it to me at ttmcast at yahoo.com, or you can just send an email directly to Les at lwolf, that's W-O-L-F-F-1823 at aol.com. Les, you have a fantastic week, and we will talk to you next week. All right, pal? Thanks very much. And everybody, make sure you listen to Jeff Baker, the legend of TTM. <laughs> Well, Drew, Les Wolf knows more about autograph collecting than I ever will in my whole lifetime. He he just he's very helpful, and we you know we love talking to him. This week we talked about getting those hard autographs, either through the mail or in person, and even uh, picking up autographs of people that are deceased that are really difficult. And it, it, it's fun to uh, get the a his take on it because he, he's been doing it uh, for more than sixty years. Yeah, he has probably forgotten more than any of us will ever know. I mean, it's just the library of knowledge that he has is just incredible. And if you get a chance, if you're at the National, check out his booth because it's, I mean, even if you can't, even if you can't buy anything there, just check it out because he's got some amazing stuff on display there for sale and everything. It's just always really cool to check that. And if you go, see your last at the National, I want you to do this, right? Just go up to him and just name anybody. You know, Bobby Hall, 
Sandy Koufax, and he has a story for any any guy you come up with, any legend you come up with, any superstar you come up with, he'll have a story for you. So Les is, is a, a great storyteller, and he he'll be at the national, and he he has tons of great stuff. Uh, so we will we'll talk to Les. We're gonna we're gonna give Les the week off next week, but we'll talk to him in, in two weeks. Um, and then uh, that kind of that that wraps up more from Les. We're gonna go right into making the grade. Making the grade is brought to you by Diamond Service Grading. Fast, accurate, transparent. Diamond Service Grading takes the mystery out of grading. They proudly have the best encapsulation in the industry with an amazing inner sleeve that not only protects your collectible investment, but looks great as well. Easy to submit, quick turnaround. DSG Grading is ready to grade your cards today. Visit dsggrading.com to learn more. Making the grade is a summary of what's been going on in the grading community. And uh, we have some news from our friends at CSG starting uh, January, July 5th. That's July 5th. They're going to be increased in their rates. Drew, you want to let people know what they're going to be doing? Yeah, it's uh, just a small increase. Fortunately, nothing too crazy there. Uh, your bulk rate is going from $12 a card up to 15 The economy and standard levels will each gain $5. So economy from 20 up to 25 standard from 30 up to 35 And if you need the express service, that's going to go from 60 up to 70 But Apparently, they have been working on their shipping stuff as well. So you might be able to save a little bit on the shipping there, at least. Yeah, I think they've streamlined, streamlined their shipping and they're improving their shipping. So they're going to save you a little money there. But if you're planning on sending in any cards to CSG, uh, do it before July 5th because they will have new rates on July 5th. And I would say I would try to get your stuff out probably by July 1st. So it hits them uh, before the July 4th holiday. Uh, it will save you a little money because they are raising their rates. I uh, just want to remind everyone about our friends at Diamond Service Grading. That's DSG Grading, DSGGrading.com, Diamond Service Grading. They're out of California, San Francisco area. They're offering a special $5 coupon just for TTMcast listeners. The coupon code where you put in when you check out is 4HMUGTZG. Say, wait a minute, Jeff, you're too fast. I hadn't a chance to write it down. Well, you know what? Don't worry about it. It's available on our website. But I'll give it to you anyway. It's 4 H-M-U-G-T-Z-G. That's the coupon code. Uh, you get $5 off every card you send out grade. It can be one card or 100. Their standard submission is 30 bucks, but you'll get it for 25. They have a cool QR code on the label. You just scan the QR code, get the full details of why your card got their grade. They have era, different era labels you can choose from. They have overnight. You can actually send a card in to them overnight and they'll send it back to you the next day. That's a little more than $30, but uh, you can still get the $5 off. So check them out. Diamond Service Grading, DSG Grading. They're still meeting their 30-day turner on, which is kind of cool. They they haven't missed, they're, they're very busy, but they are making their uh, their their 30-day turnaround time. So check them out, Diamond Service Grading, dsggrading.com. Well, that wraps up making the grade. Next up is our TTM cast stamp of approval. I bet you're wondering who earned this week's TTM cast stamp of approval. Well, our TTM cast stamp of approval is uh, just things Drew and I like. Sometimes it's food. Drew's been slacking. He hasn't done food in a little while. Sometimes it's hobby related. Sometimes it's music related. Sometimes it's programs and TV shows. It's just stuff that we like. And we want to stay in the right direction and prove to you that it's, we're not just not just TTM autograph guys. We are, we're, we're Renaissance guys, right, Drew? Exactly. Go ahead. Why don't you give you a stamp of approval this week, and then, then I'll go into mine. Well, everyone who's been listening to this show since I've been on knows that uh, I'm a Pittsburgh Penguins fan, but I am married to a Colorado Avalanche fan. 
So I've kind of ended up on the Avs bandwagon. And I mean, I, I liked the Quebec Nordiques back when they were around too. I've actually got a Nordiques jersey that I break out every now and then. But finally now, after 22 years since their last appearance there, the Colorado Avalanche are heading to the Stanley Cup Finals. What, what? And there you go. So, <laughs> and who, yeah, wait, wait, remember they, why did they win? Because they got Ray Bork from the Bruins. That's, that was the big thing that put them over the top. It was, yes. And I mean, the crazy thing is though, with that team there in 2000, they did that without Peter Forsberg in the lineup throughout most of the playoffs too. Cause he had that, uh, had to have his spleen removed, had uh, whatever happened there. I think he took just like kind of a weird hit or something like that, but did that without Forsberg. But yeah, I mean, Bork was a huge contributor in there. And one of the greatest moments of in sports history is seeing him finally lifting the cup there at uh, in the uh, Pepsi center there. So yeah, just well, a great. Well, now, 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 now the UMass guys leading leading the charge. Exactly. And I mean, you may have heard Wayne Gretzky's comments uh, the other day. He says that, Kale McCarr may be the best defenseman since Bobby Orr. And I don't think I'd go quite that far, but best since Ray Bork. Uh, yeah, I, I can't really argue too heavily against that at all. So really cool to see him. Yeah. Leading the way there and everything. And uh, hopefully it's just going to keep on going here for at least four more, uh, four more games and hopefully at least four more victories. So we'll see. That's Drew Stamper roll for the week. That said, he, he comes, Drew, Drew just comes hard. He comes hard with the stamp <laughs> approval. And the wife loved it. She loved it. We heard, we heard her in the background. Woohoo! Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, my TTM cast stamp approval, I mentioned at the beginning, I went to see Paul McCartney in concert. And just to, I, I'll give my, my, I'm not a huge uh, music review guy, but I, um, you know, we, I, we, I've go to a bunch of concerts with my wife and, and family. And this is this was one we hadn't, we hadn't been to concerts in a while. So we went to Paul McCartney uh, at the Boston uh, at Fenway Park. And he came on at 730 and he played basically without stopping till about 1030. Now, Paul McCartney is almost 80 years old. I think he's 79 years old. I think he's the same age as my mother. And if, if I, you told me my other, my mother was going to play for friggin' three hours straight without stopping, I would say no way. But he, he, he turns was, 80 in one week. Yeah, see? There you go. Yep. 79 years old. And, I, and his voice is still there. He still plays really well. He had a great band. Their his horn section section was fabulous. He played all sorts, all the hits from the Beatles and from the Wings. He played some new stuff that I, I really enjoyed, and uh, it was just a, I, I had I saw um, Aerosmith and Jay Giles at Fenway Park. I don't know, probably three or four years ago now, and I hadn't seen a concert at, in Fenway. And but they, what a, it was a nice venue to to watch Paul McCartney. It was packed. When I say Drew, it was packed. It was packed. It was they had two nights. We went on the second night, and uh, it was the you know for four four people of different age to like the concert. We all really enjoyed it. My kids got uh, t-shirts. My daughter got a poster. We had we just had so much fun, and it was just a, a great a great time to see him. Uh, I don't know if he's going to come around again, but if you have a chance to go see Paul McCartney on this tour, go see him. He did a. Uh, I won't let the cat out totally the bag but he did a um cool thing with john a john lennon thing a tribute to john lennon and uh it was really cool like a virtual john lennon thing that was really neat and um you know he he paid tribute to to uh to george harrison and he um did some wing stuff very good it was all around it was a great concert well that wraps up stamp of approval and uh, i'm gonna make sure i get it right this time <laughs> and we, we're going to go right to our Vern Rat Minute.
Well, the Vern Rap Minute is dedicated to Mr. Vern Rap. We run down uh, people that have passed away in the world of celebrity, in the world of sports, uh, just as a service to our fellow T Tamers to let them know uh, people have passed so you don't send out T Tam requests. And uh, we lost a bunch of people this week in the world of football and, and basketball and baseball and, and uh, music. So, um, first, we lost Don Parkins. Don Perkins, I'm sorry. Don was a running back for the Dallas Cowboys from 1961 to 68. He was the 1988-61 Rookie of the Year. He was a pro bowler. He was a member of their Ringer of Honor. He is in the Texas Football Hall of Fame. He has not TTM'd uh, uh, since 2019, but he, he was, was a pretty good DTMer then. Uh, Don Perkins was 84 years old. We also lost uh, Corky Taylor this week, another one from the football world. He was a uh, defensive back with the L.A. Rams. 1955 to 57 went to Kansas State before that, but I believe uh, drafted in the military after uh, those couple years with the Rams there and never returned to football after his return from there. Uh, he was an occasional TTM or at least. Uh, Corky Taylor was 88 years old. Yeah, we lost Frank Cipriani. Frank was uh, played for the Kansas City A's. He only played 13 games in 1960 when he was an outfielder, and he singled off Jim Cott in his first game, which is something to to write home about. He singled off a Hall of Famer. He only played, I think, uh, 12 more games after that. Uh, but he was a, a pretty good TTMer. Uh, he was 81. Uh, Rocky Fritas died this week as well. He was a uh, legendary offensive lineman, made a Pro Bowl in 1972, played at Oregon State before going into the NFL with the Lions and the Buccaneers. Pretty solid TTMer for a long time. He stopped in 2019. So not sure if there was kind of a long illness or something that went into uh, went everything his last couple of years there at all. But Good TTM for a number of years. He uh, died this week at age 76. Yeah, we lost another ABA, uh, George Thompson. George started at Marquette in college. He played with the Pittsburgh Pipers, the Memphis uh, Tams. He was a three-time ABA All-Star. He played one his final year with the uh, Milwaukee Bucks. He played from 1969 to 1975. He did sign TTM. George was 74 years old. Lost another uh, former Ram this week in uh, running back Robert Alexander. He played for the Rams from 81 to 82 and then later uh, popped up the USFL again, 1985 with the Los Angeles Express. So two different L.A. teams there in his career. Not a TTMer at all, but uh, he died this week at age 64. We lost uh, pitcher Max Schaefer. Max was a relief pitcher. He actually uh, signed with the Red Sox. He was in the Red Sox minor leagues and then he got traded to, I believe, the Houston Astros, and then he got traded to the San Diego Padres. So he, he made 41 relief appearances in 1972. He actually signed, he uh, saved the game. Uh, I don't believe he's featured on a, uh, a card, but I'm not 100% sure of that. Um, he was 73 years old, and uh, he, he, he passed away uh, just the other day. Uh, we also lost Larry Hillman this week in the world of hockey. I would name all of the teams that he played for, but we don't have that much time in the show. 15 different NHL teams in 22 seasons. So he was a definition of a journeyman right there, but I played on defense from 1955 to 73, then played another three seasons in the WHA after that from 73 to 76. Won six Stanley Cups during his career. Very good TTMer, and he holds a record that will never be broken. He's the youngest player ever to have his name on the Stanley Cup at the age of 18 years and two months when he won in 1955 with Detroit. Of course, the rule now says that you cannot be drafted at all by a team until I think you have to be 18 by September 1st or something like that. Sidney Crosby, I know, was just barely uh, in the safe zone for it there. But uh, yeah, because of that, um, 
nobody's ever going to do that because I mean, it's going to take you more than two months after that September to win a cup. So that's one that's never going to be broken, no matter what happens at any point in hockey. So kind of a cool record there, but we lost him this week. He was 85 years old. Yeah. He played for my Bruins and he played for the Cleveland Crusaders of the WHA, WHA, which is really cool with uh, Jerry Cheevers was on that team. So he, he, he was a member of that team. The backup goalie on that squad was a guy who's also a legend in Cleveland high school hockey. Now a guy named Bob Whitten. Whitten went on to coach the St. Edwards Eagles there and won a number of state championships with them. Uh, he was also a, uh, used to do color commentary on Cleveland Lumberjacks broadcasts as well. But uh, basically anybody who coaches hockey in the Cleveland area probably was an assistant under Whitten or was an assistant of one of Whitten's assistants there at some point. It's just crazy. The coaching tree for him in that area there, but, he was a constant innovator too, in uh, kind of finding loopholes and rules in uh, in the Cleveland high school hockey scene, and uh, found a lot of things that are still used today by a few teams. <laughs> Do you have a Crusaders uni? I love those old uniforms. You have a? Shirt? I don't. No, that's one that I need to get. I don't even have an old Barons one yet. I got to get either the uh, '60s AHL or the '70s NHL ones, and I God, I don't even have a 2000s Sharks era one either. So I got to get on that. I've got a couple Lumberjacks ones, but that's it. Yeah, I, I, I like the Crusaders uniforms better than the Barons uniforms, but uh, the Barons uniforms are still cool. Well, I guess it's hard to me shaking her head right there when I mentioned buying jerseys. So. <laughs> <laughs> La- lastly, we lost Jim Seals from the uh, 70s rock. Uh, I don't know, it's a rock group, but they were their rock group, Seals and Croft. I don't know, yeah, singing kind of group. Soft rock, I guess. Soft yeah. rock, right? The Summer Breeze was their hit, uh, their big hit. Uh, Jim Seals w- was 80 years old. Well, that uh, wraps up, thank goodness, uh, our burn wrap minute. Um, you know, our condolences and sympathy go out to friends and family. We are sorry for the loss. We are going to go and talk uh, TTM Returns next week. Do you have a perfect 10 in your collection? Now's the time to find out. With the introduction of the CSG Perfect 10 label, the perfect holder meets the perfect label for your perfect cards. If you have cards certified with the original CSG label, take advantage of the reduced reholder fee of just $5 per card until June 30th, 2022. Get all the details at csgcards.com. Well, Drew, I'm going to give you the wah, wah, wah. Wah, yeah. wah, wah. Drew, yeah. Drew, Drew, I don't think in 50 weeks of me, Drew and I doing this together, and I'm, I'm just guessing the number, I bet I haven't beat Drew maybe two weeks out of the, the of the time because Drew is just like always sends out stuff and he always gets returns. But Drew, you only got one return this week, huh? Yeah, I've been slowing it down here a bit because, you know, I've mentioned there I've got all my cards I need to buy for the upcoming trip and all that. So I'd usually budget like $50 every month in postage money. So I've been kind of putting that aside to be able to put into $50 in card money. So hopefully, you know, get everything covered that way that I'll be getting on the trip there. But Trying to send out when I still can. So I've sent out a few, but only got one back this week. And it's golfer Fuzzy Zeller, who is my first ever nice. golf success. But that's uh, my friend Chris, who's been interviewed on the show here before, had a couple of cards of him. And every so often, Chris will just drop some cards off over here saying, hey, yeah, send out to these guys. So 50-50 with you. I'm like, all right, no problem. So Fuzzy Zeller was one of the ones that he had two cards of in there. So sent those out. And it's about maybe a three or four month turnaround time on those, if I remember right. Somewhere between two and four months, basically. So Got those back, though. He lives in Indiana, I think. It's kind of southern Indiana because it was postmarked through a Louisville, Kentucky. But, yeah, that's my only one for the week right there. Well, I was having an okay week. I think I had three or four coming, and then today I got seven. So Jeez. I got I got a nice day today. I kind of harken back to the old days when I used to get 
you know, five or six a day, but uh, I, I'm happy with one or two a day now, but I have a bunch out there. So I got uh, seven today and I got a 12 or 13 for the week and a couple of uh, uh, RTSs as well. And I got one back that the guy didn't sent the card back. He didn't sign no reason why, but I got it back. So my, my RTS was what this was kind of a bummer. I got Michael Barry uh, back from the Red Sox prospect at uh, Joel Finch and Chuck Rainey on that 1980 rookie card that I already had signed. I sent it out to him and I got an RTS. So I got the card back, but um, you know, we got a, a yellow sticker and was, was kind of bumming about that. I got a card back from John Block, who was a, a forward with the Utah Jazz. And he, he played with San Diego, I think, and a, bu- a bunch of other teams. Um, the He played with a bunch of bu- bunch of teams uh, in his career. He was a kind of a, a power forward type guy. And he sent me back the 74 card, tops card, but he didn't sign it. Oh, wow. So I don't know why. I got, got it back in my envelope, opened it up, wasn't signed. Like, oh, no. And then speaking of not signed, I'm not going to say who, but a former guest, one of our guests, I sent his books to get signed for one of our listeners. He sent me back the books, but didn't sign them. So we're going to hold on. We were not going to say who, but we're going to hold hold out hope that he uh, writes the wrong yeah. <laughs> and signs and signs them. But we'll 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 keep you posted. I'm not going to not going to bad mouth anyone just yet. Right, Drew? Exactly. I mean, you don't want to be uh, too sudden with your responses there and stuff. So yeah, we'll uh, we'll hold off on that. So uh, uh, well, uh, our friend from North Dakota, we're, we're we're working for you. We're working for you. We'll, we'll hopefully we can get that for you. Um, so my my success is well. Let's go. Let's be happy. Let's let let's be positive. So I got um, two returns from Chris Ford, and he lives in New Jersey. And I sent off his uh, 1980 tops card with the uh, shares with Bobby Jones and John Hackett. He sent, he signed that in his 1979 tops card, both signed in blue Sharpie. Uh, and that took less, less than two weeks came up back really quick. I got a 1970, I think it's a 73. I always miss. Yeah. 73 tops football card uh, of John outlaw who played for the Patriots. He was a, a cornerback. He signed in black Sharpie and that came back in a couple of weeks. I got Mark Vlasic, who was a quarterback for the San Diego Chargers. Uh, did he play with anyone else, Drew? That do you remember? Did he play with the Houston or? I know. I San Diego is the only one I know for certain of off the top of my head. I always get him and Steve Pellower mixed up, but uh, yeah, I think Vlasic may have been just San Diego. I'm not uh, not 100 on that though. Yes. Well, I, he was. On, I got him on San Diego. This is 1989 top card. He signed it and a uh, nice black sharpie with his number, number 13. Little Baker's dozen, right? Thirteen, and nice. yep. got got that one back. Uh, I got nineteen seventy six rookie catchers and outfielders card that Randy Merchant and Ed Ott had already signed. I sent to Roy Stillman of the Orioles, and he he signed it. Now I just have to complete it with Jerry White. Nice. So I'm going to send that off. Jerry White actually charges. I think he's ten bucks, but we'll send that off. I got uh, Jimmy Oliver. Jimmy Oliver played for a bunch of teams, NBA teams. Uh, I got him on his. Um, Tops card. I think this is a let's see what is this? This is a 90. Yeah, I thought it was 93, 94 tops card. And he signed it and I sent it to his home and he signed it in uh, a couple weeks, maybe like three weeks. I got I got that back. I sent two cards out to uh, Scott Chase. Scott Chase was a safety and cornerback for the Atlanta Falcons. And I sent out his 89 tops card and I sent his uh he was an interception leader that year, 1988. So he signed the interception leader card and he signed his regular card 
He, sh- he shared the card with Eric McMillan from the Jets, who signs as well. So I'm going to send that off to get completed. Then I got a bunch of, uh, I got some cards today back. I got Joe Washington, who was a running back for the Chargers, and he played for the Colts as well. He signed his 1978 Topps card for me. Nice blue Sharpie. Got that back. These are all like two weeks. This one, I was very happy to get this one. I got uh, Golden Richards. Golden Richards played wide receiver for the Dallas Cowboys, and I got him on uh, Chicago Bears as well. So he signed, I see, this is his 75 Topps card and 79 Topps card. He signed them both, Golden Richards, with the number 83. And no, it's funny, is he signed the Cowboys card in blue and the Bears card in black. Isn't that weird? I've seen a few guys who have done that. Uh, Jamie Holland did the same thing when I sent to him with the Raiders in black and the Chargers in blue. Yeah, so that, that's kind of cool. I got Al Woodall. Al Woodall was a quarterback, backup quarterback. He was Joe Namath's backup quarterback in the uh, mid to late 70s. And uh, he signed his 1975 Tops card and sent it back to me. Uh, I got Steve Owens. Steve Owens was a running back um, for the Detroit Lions. And he was a Heisman Trophy winner, right, Joe? He was, I believe, Oklahoma, if I remember right. Probably yeah. around 1972, maybe, 73, somewhere in that range. Yeah, so he signed. He signed Steve Owens, and he signed. Uh, I think he said he, it's a, he did it in dark blue, but he said uh, he was an All Pro as well. So he 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 won an All Pro one year. He put that in his signature, and that's kind of cool. I I didn't have him for my set. Do you have Owens card as a Heisman Trophy? I do. Yeah, I've got him in my Heisman Index card collection there. Yeah, I didn't have him. Then I got, I got, I love these in-action cards. So I got, this is a 1975 Topps card. Dave Osborne, who was a running back for the uh, Minnesota Vikings. And in in, uh, I love the 70s in-action cards. This one, he's uh, playing against the Rams, but obviously they had to black out all the, the logos. So yep. <laughs> it's kind of cool, but he signed a nice black Sharpie. And then I got uh, AJ Dewey, who was a defensive end with the Dolphins. He signed his um, 1978 uh, Topps card and blue Sharpie. And lastly, I got Dave Foley on a set, his 75 tops card. He played with the Buffalo Bills and he was in a, he was a, a pro bowler in 73 and he was a number one draft pick with the, uh, the Jets. So Dave Foley, uh, he was a tackle and I got him. So that was pretty good. I was, I'm very happy with that. I said, I think I talked to you guys a couple weeks ago and I found a bunch of, I found a box of 1975 and 76 football cards that I forgot I had. And I, I sent out a bunch of requests. So they're, they're starting to filter. And so I got a, I still have a bunch out there, but all in all, a pretty good week. So that wraps up returns to the week. We're going to talk about, we'll, uh, we'll talk about, have our um, TTM cast interview coming up next. This week's interview is brought to you by certified sports guarantee csgcards.com for superior sports card certification and grading. Well, Drew, this week I got to talk to Brandon Versal. Brandon is, of course, the producer and creator and does everything basically except host the, the Cards Life with my, Matt Strom from the Boston Red Sox. And uh, they're launching their second season on June 15th, this Wednesday. They're going to be launching it with the Boston Show. And guess who's featured? Me. Yeah. <laughs> so we guess we'll get some TTM. Check it out. Let me know how I did. Uh, but uh, please enjoy my interview with Brandon Versal. But first, here's a message from our friends at CSG. It's not too late to participate in the first ever CSG Registry Awards. Add your cards to the CSG Registry to automatically be considered for awards and prizes, including a $500 grading credit. 
The deadline to get your sets ready is July 1st, and the winners will be announced on July 29th. What are you waiting for? It's fun, free, and easy to compete. To learn more, visit csgcards.com slash registry. Joining the show from his palatial estate somewhere in the Midwest, he's like Batman in the Batcave, is Brandon Barcel. Brandon is producer, videographer, editor, creator of my favorite TV show in the whole wide world. It's called The Card Life. It is the only, we'll say it's the first nationally syndicated uh, TV show dedicated to sports card hobby. And uh, Brandon is celebrating his uh, launching of the second season. Welcome, Brandon. Jeff, thanks so much for having me. And and uh, we were very excited to be in Boston recently and get to meet you in person. Yeah, we're going to talk about the Boston episode. And, and you know, Matt is not... Uh, conspicuous conspicuous with his hair nowadays and it must have been interesting walk around uh, the city of boston with a with a red sock but let's first talk about the show the show you know you're wrapping up season one you know 12 episodes which is a huge undertaking um what surprised you most uh, about uh, as we close out season one and get ready for season two I mean, just how many amazing stories there are. I was lucky enough this last episode, our, our final episode of season one was a best of, and I enjoyed so much going back and bringing all of the content over those 12 months through and kind of creating shows around that. And uh, we did different segments. We did our best personalities we met over the first season. I mean, going to AJ Dillon's house in Green Bay when he's going through training camp and in his basement, he's breaking cards on, on loop. That was just an unbelievable thing to do. And then, you know, getting to meet Terry Smith, who did the ProVision sets in the early 90s and going to his studio and getting to hear about Tom Guideman, who was the first employee at Upper Deck and at 18 years old created the Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card. That's one of the most iconic cards in history. I mean, just everywhere you go, there's just such amazing stories and amazing content. And we can go to these cities four or five, six times, and I still have stories listed for what we're going to do in the future. It's just been been so much fun to tell stories about the hobby and a lot of a lot of stories that people haven't told before and be able to do that uh, through a television show that airs right after a lot of professional major league baseball games and NHL games and NBA games and WNBA games. I mean, we're just getting so many messages every week of people that stumble upon the show and, and want to learn more and get back into the hobby. It, it's just been a lot of fun. Every single part of it has been a lot of fun. Right. I think one of the things that you have going for you is that you're not appointment uh, TV. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, oh, we're watching the game and oh, look at this great show that I, I didn't know about. And, uh, you know, you guys do a great job on social media, letting the, the hobby know what's going on. But obviously you're not just for the hobby because, um, you know, the, the somebody like me who's been collecting for 50 years can watch the show. But somebody that like my wife who has no interest in baseball cards at all can watch it for kind of the you know like almost when you watch the olympics and you get you get the backstory of these guys was that your plan originally when you started started out absolutely it was just kind of finding stories and and telling good stories that was always my background working in sports that was what we wanted to do is connect the fans to the players because 
then it doesn't matter whether the teams win or losing. If you're invested in those players, you're interested in going to the games and supporting them, whether they're 20 games out of first place or 20 games up in first place. So that was what I, I always did when I worked for major league baseball teams and college teams is you wanted to sell the stories and personalities of those players. And that's essentially what we're doing now is getting people interested in the hobby through telling good stories and making people know there's a lot that goes behind that piece of cardboard. I mean, another segment that we did on the best of show was highlighting the creators, you know, the card artists that, that, that do cards, the, mm -hmm. the photographers whose pictures end up on cards, um, those people. And, and there's just so much more into it when you open that pack of what it takes to get to that point. And we think people enjoy the hobby more when they know those stories and they know more about it. I mean, people enjoy going to a game more when you know more about the pitcher and what school they went to, if they're a local kid, if they're facing someone who they played high school baseball with or against. I mean, those details are what makes the game interesting. I think that's what makes cards interesting is finding out more details about what goes into them. We're speaking with Brandon Rotal. Brandon is creator, producer, videographer, editor, and, and father of the greatest TV show in the history of the world. It's called The Card Life. You can go to The Card Life TV uh, on social media, just about everywhere. Brandon posts on Twitter. They are on Instagram. They are on uh, they have a website called the card life TV. Uh, it is they're celebrating their uh, launching their second season on June 15th, this coming uh, Wednesday. Uh, and it is uh, the Boston episode, which is, you get you got some uh, shady characters on, but you know, you, 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 you work, you've been working with Matt Strom now, who's a pitch. He played with the the Royals and the Padres, obviously now he's a, a Boston Red Sox pitcher. Uh, we surprised how um, natural he is on, on, on TV and, and what a great host he has become. Yeah. I mean, it's been unbelievable and working with athletes, my whole career, you never know what you're going to get on that picture side of things. There's players we've seen in the past that have incredible personalities and you put them in front of a camera and their eyes go huge and they can't talk. <laughs> yep. And then there's players who are the worst personalities on the field that are fantastic on camera. And it's always been that way. So, you know, never know what you're going to get. And Matt from day one, I mean, the, the easy thing with it is he's passionate about the hobby. He loves talking about cards. He loves opening cards. I mean, when we go to these shoots, I try to get him in and out as quickly as possible because he's got to get to the ballpark. He's kind of got a more important job than hosting a TV show. <laughs> but half the time he's over there, you know, spending the extra 15, 30, 45 minutes because he's just interested in a conversation about cards with someone. So, you know, he just realistically is very passionate about sports cards and collecting. And that comes off on camera. I mean, that just makes it natural. I texted him about we're shooting in Seattle next week. And I texted him, you know, some of the ideas of what we're going to do. And he's just like, awesome, let's do it. That sounds great. He just, uh, he's excited to do stuff and learn more about the hobby. And of course, open packs and boxes, which is his favorite part. And yeah, I know he uh, loves it. <laughs> and we, yeah, we just, we just really, really have a good time. No, what's kind of neat is that, um, you know, 20 years ago, and I'm sure you remember this, there were card stores everywhere, right? And then in the last decade, they just been closed. They were closing left and right. So even five years ago, you couldn't find a card store in a lot of locales. But um, the card stores are coming back. And, and I think you do a great job featuring the, the local card store. Has that been uh, interesting to you to go see these different card stores and, and see how they, uh, they, they present the hobby? Yeah, in every city we visit, we try to identify an LCS and just even do a short 60 second feature just on a local card shop in each area because they're just such an important part about the hobby. And, 
you know, talking to those card store owners about why, why they started, you know, uh, 1 million baseball cards in St. Louis was talking to us how a televangelist inspired him to open his card shop and, and uh, Wes's baseball cards. It's right here in Lincoln, Nebraska. That's my LCS. You know, he was talking about starting it in 1990 and talking to him about, you know, at the peak of the junk wax era, starting a card store. And he's still in the same location 31 years later that he was in 1990. And it was fascinating to hear him go through the history of the hobby through those three decades. So, yeah, I mean, there's always just once again, just great stories. Everybody has a good story about an LCS and, and we love highlighting those every month. Yeah, and you did the Boston episode. You went to George Pepsi, which was a fairly new card store, and it was interesting to just talk to him um, about his his path of, of becoming owning a card store and and talking with his wife. It was very important to have support to to keep the card store going. It was, it was it's very uh, it's neat to talk to those guys because they're on, on the front lines. We're talking with Brandon Vital. Brandon is producer, very videographer, editor. Uh, creator, uh, daddy of the best TV show in, in the world. It's called The Card Life. It is the first nationally aired TV show in the history that is dedicated to sports card hobby. And uh, Brandon and his team, uh, it's hosted by Matt Strom, pitcher for the Boston Red Sox. They're launching their second season on June 15th, and they're doing a Boston episode. And it must have been um, fun to walk around Boston uh, with Matt, who, who is, uh, can't hide very much behind all that hair. Yeah, the, the second day we filmed in Boston, we decided, you know, Matt's in a new city. Let's just, I grabbed a ton of packs of cards that were everything from a $150 pack to a $5 pack, put them in a, in a big bag and let Matt just walk around outside Fenway and say, hey, you want to open a pack with me? And uh, so we just pulled fans and had them, had them open packs. I mean, the, the crazy thing is that uh, Matt Barnes walked by, he was walking his dog. He walked by while we were opening one pack. We opened a pack with John Schreiber, who's a, another relief pitcher with Matt. He hadn't opened a pack since he was a kid, and they ended up pulling a teammate, which you'll see on the show, and they were super excited about that and going to go in and get the teammate to sign it right after they uh, they opened that pack. But it was fun. I mean, I'd say three-fourths of the people said they hadn't opened packs in a long time, and so they thought it was really cool to, to sit there with Matt and, and see what they pulled, and we had some pretty cool cool cards pulled at the same time. Yeah, it's you know it's funny as a as a collector when we open packs all the time you you don't realize how much fun other people have that haven't done it in a while and it kind of it's it's reminiscent right it brings them back to their childhood a lot of times and and uh, sometimes you forget that not everyone in the world is collecting cards like you and I. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and of course I think we had a couple packs that had a lot of Yankees in it, so we got of course some interesting re reactions from Red Sox fans getting uh, Mariana Rivera cards that some people would be excited about, but. For some reason, the Red Sox fans just don't aren't too big <laughs> on getting Jeter and, and Mariano Rivera cards for some reason. Now, you have a couple other characters on the show. What are, what are some of the other features that are going to be in this episode? So on this Boston episode, we're going to do an incredible feature <laughs> on uh, TTMing. And of course, oh, Jeff, really? The, That's really neat. I can't you were the see it. first person I knew to call. No, it was it was fantastic. Like I said, we like to talk about all aspects of the hobby. And TTM is, is one of those things that I think people that tune in and happen to catch the show are going to be like, oh, there's a you know, there's a whole hobby around finding these addresses and, and a process. We had you talk about, you know, best tips for how to TTM. And, and uh, I think fans are really going to enjoy hearing about that and hearing about some of the fantastic players. I mean, you were able to share your collection. And I think Matt was just stunned by what you had. 
and you had acquired through your career of doing that. And, and it's going to be really fun to, to show on, on the episode. And you and Matt talked for, I don't, I don't know, 15 minutes, probably 20 minutes and it did an interview and then look through the collection. And so super excited about that feature about TTMing. And you mentioned George Pep's baseball cards. We have uh, a feature on George Pep's and then we, we have one segment where I say, you know, this is about Boston, but we're going to go away from Boston for a minute. I was in Eau Claire, Wisconsin last week, featuring a, a shooting a feature. So there's a class at South Middle School in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, and they've been having a baseball card collecting class all season, all, all school year. Wow. They, they started with 10 kids at the beginning of the year. It's up to 26 kids now. I was there for the final one of the year. It was the final week, the final class. Um uh, Brian Wilchins, the teacher that started the class, and then Jordan Hagedorn, who owns a, a store called For the Hobby there in, in Eau Claire, helps kind of facilitate it. And I mean, you're, you're talking about an hour of kids trading and talking cards, talking values. They had giveaways. There were girls and boys involved in it. I mean, you talk about kind of refiring your passion for the hobby, seeing 24, 26 kids with their binders, talking cards, trading cards, passionate about cards. I mean, that was, that was unbelievable. And that's going to be a part of the Boston episode. There's times when, when something like that happens, which I want to air it right away because it coincides with the end of a school year. Sure. It all fit that in the Boston episode, but I drove up there and loved every second of getting to see that class. And uh, they're hopeful. They hope other places in the country watch this and decide to start their own collecting classes because what a great way to expose people to the hobby and they're going to do it again next year. And they think they're going to need a bigger classroom because of the number of kids that are interested in, in joining and being a part of it. So that, that's, it, re that's really cool. It's going to be a, a, a fun episode for, for all those things from Boston. And then this awesome class in, in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. Well, we've been uh, all over the country. You've been, you featured California, Oklahoma, South Carolina, St. Louis, Phoenix, you've been kind of all over the place. And you just mentioned you're going to go to Seattle, uh, uh, for what would be the, the uh, July, August episode, mm -hmm. right? Where yeah. else? Do you, where else do you plan for the rest of the year? I'm sure it's pr probably hard to get Matt in now that he's a, uh, you know, he's active. He's not on the DL. Yeah, I, I try to match it up with where they are on the road. So currently, the plan is Seattle in July. We're going to do New York episode in August, Kansas City in September, and I think Toronto is our October episode. And uh, of course, that's all to be determined. If if uh, and and not I mean Matt's been healthy all year he's had a great season you know last year he was injured so that changed the schedule a little bit who knows Matt gets traded somewhere and we we have to do different different cities but that's the plan right now we've already shot in 16 states I think just in the the 12 months of the show and we'll probably add close to a dozen more and and be over halfway through covering the country in terms of states we filmed in and like I said, it's we could go to every every city four or five times and, and easily have enough stories to tell. Has the show changed from uh, conception to to now we're entering the second year? Is it a different show than you thought you were going to have when you when you first you know put this down in, on paper and said this is kind of my idea for the show? And is it has it morphed into something that you didn't see coming? I don't think so. I mean, a lot of the ideas I think I had at first for what would be good stories in the area. Um, sometimes they didn't develop and then another story popped up and ended up being a better idea than what I had originally pictured in the first place. So, I mean, the willingness of people to, to be on the show and want to tell their stories has far exceeded what, what I thought it would be. 
a lot of times it's hard to convince people to be on camera and want to do an interview and and people have been more open than I could have ever expected for doing interviews and letting me into their homes and and showing off their stuff and so I mean I would say that's probably been the biggest surprise more than anything is just people's willingness to to want to share their stories and and talk about the hobby. Did you have any had any uh, trepidations working with with uh non-actors and, and you know as a reality because you are a reality show in, mm-hmm. in essence was it, is it harder to work with people that are are not actor not professional actors i mean you've been doing video forever is it is it a different way of uh shooting yeah i mean i'd say the biggest thing is you know we'll film an hour with someone and it ends up being a three or four minute segment so yep. we have plenty of material and we edit everything down obviously but the I, I pride myself on once I sit down with someone, making them comfortable in terms of being someone who I'm interviewing. A lot of these interviews I'll do without Matt because they're side stories that that he can't always go to all of those those things. But I like to just sit down and you're you're great at this as well. It's just having a conversation with someone. And I think after you get through that first or second question, they feel like they're just sitting you know around a table and having a conversation with you. And I think once you get past that point, it gets fairly easy to to get the best material. And and it doesn't matter that they're not used to being on (laughs) camera. It uh, it usually comes off pretty well in the end, just because what you know, once people are comfortable and they're talking about something they're passionate about, same thing like what I said about Matt, it becomes pretty easy to to edit that together and, and make it a cohesive piece, regardless of them being experienced on camera. It was, was there a story idea that you kind of were kind of a little wishy-washy on it, but you said, okay, we'll do it. And it just kind of hit it out of the park and was a home run. And like, you know, we had a great interview. It was a great story. Was there something that really surprised you? Yeah. I mean, I'd say the, the one about Tom Guideman at Upper Deck is the one that just blew me away. And it wasn't even an idea I had. In fact, it was his girlfriend that messaged us on Facebook, on social media and said, we saw the show. I think my boyfriend's done some cool stuff in the card industry. If you've ever want to talk to him and then you know a few messages back and forth and she talks about what you know what his experience was at upper deck and beyond upper deck and he's someone who came up with just innovations in the sports card industry of you know autographs and packs and factory uh, tamper resistant packs and sticker autos which I know aren't everybody's favorite but that was one of the things he came up with and uh to go from a message on Facebook about, hey, you might want to talk to my boyfriend to we ended up doing two full segments. I could have probably done a whole episode just on Tom because of the stories that he had and and, you know, creating card sets when you're 18, 19 years old. And he, you know, he'd do inappropriate things like card 666 was always a Dodger because he hated the <laughs> Dodgers. And so you go back and look at 89, 90, 91, 92, 93 upper deck and card 666 is always a Dodger every year. And that's what I would have done when I was 19 years old. Yep. That's the kind of stuff I would have done. So to, to have something that's such an important part of card history and find out some of that information. And that's things that he didn't like publicizing before, but now he was kind of willing to talk about those things. And it was, it was super fun to hear all of that. We're speaking with Brandon Brosal. Brandon is producer, videographer, editor, and father of the best TV show on TV. It's called The Card Life. It is aired nationally. Uh, it's aired over 100 times a month on the Valley Sports Network, Masson, MSG, and now Nesson. We're going to be on Nesson uh, starting in uh, June 15th, right, for the launch of the second ep- the second season. Yeah, I think Nesson's running. I think I just got the schedule the other day, and they're running it maybe eight times or nine times over that uh, 
three weeks after June 15th. And, and I mean, to show people about how people are passionate about the hobby, we were hoping for a hundred airings a month across the country. And we've had months when there's been 380 airings in 30 days. So you're talking about a show about sports cards on mainstream sports networks, you know, an average of 10 times a day, sometimes a month, which is just unheard of unheard and of. um and so good for the hobby because like you said it's not necessarily appointment viewing i know people that dvr it just watch it on their own time but the number of times people are stumbling upon it when they're watching a pregame show or a postgame show or just happen to have you know their valley sports network on because that's what their local team plays on it, it's just it's just been fantastic for the hobby and they wouldn't go from 100 airings to 380 unless there weren't people watching it i mean they track all that stuff so if, if you want to talk about the health of the hobby, um, it's obviously healthy from the perspective of the, the TV executives. Right. If you haven't seen the show, guys, you can go check out the Card Life on uh, Card Life TV on YouTube and you can see all the uh, old episodes. I think you have to go 30 days before uh, you can air an episode, correct? Correct. So like the Boston episode that debuts June 15th, we will post that episode on July 15th on YouTube, the whole episode. So people can watch it just as it aired on TV. And, and uh, that's the great thing is there's pockets of the country where Valley sports does not have coverage and people, as soon as it posts that day after we get a ton of views and people enjoy watching it on YouTube. And also um, they are, he's on Twitter on the card life TV when, and they're always posting stuff. Brandon's always posting stuff on Twitter about the TV show. He is on Instagram as well. And there's a Facebook page, correct? There's a Facebook, Facebook page. He's all over social media. Um, I highly recommend it. It's, it's a great show. Um, there's always great stories. And what I, and, and I've said this a, a couple of times, Brandon, the beauty of the US show is that as a, uh, a collector that has been doing it forever, I can watch a show, but my wife can watch it as well, who's never collected it and is still, there's enough interest in it. It's a very, it's a very well done show and it, uh, you should be proud of, of your accomplishments after a year. <laughs> you know, you know, I've been doing the podcast for, for five, almost five years now. And when I look back, I, when I started, if I said I could do five shows, I thought that was, that'd be fantastic. So <laughs> I understand what it is to, to be there for the long haul, but it, uh, you know, you should be, you should be uh, proud of what your accomplishments. I appreciate that very much, Jeff. And it, same thing as what you were doing five years ago, you know, doing a, something that's sports card exclusive and wasn't, wasn't mainstream at the time or something that a lot of people were doing. And, and you just take a shot and hope people enjoy it. And just like your podcast, we're glad people enjoy the TV show and enjoy hearing stories about the hobby. Yeah, I mean, you, you have fun, right? That's why we're exactly. doing it. You have fun. So, guys, uh, we're talking about The Card Life. It is launching its second season on the, uh, the 15th of June. It is available all across the Bally Sports Network, all across the country, on Masson, on MSG, on Nesson. You can go to thecardlife.com and check the, the uh, airing schedule. He has the, the schedule up right now until uh, June 14th. So, he'll, I'm sure Brendan will update the website with all the the new airings uh and uh, as i said after uh, 30 days the, the all the uh, old episodes are are posted so you can check out uh, youtube the card life uh, tv as well um you know matt's doing a great job i want to congratulate you on, on one year uh, I, I hopefully i think i've been there since the beginning i, <laughs> I love the show since day one so i i thank you and i thank you for having us uh, guys uh, 
I will be on the Car Life, the Boston episode. Check it out June 15th. Uh, send me an email. Let me know how, how it went. Tell tell uh, Brandon on social media your thoughts. If you have inter- uh, ideas for stories, you can you can uh, check out Brandon uh, on uh, on social media and 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 come back to him. Uh, but Brandon, again, I, I want to congratulate you on uh, year one and wish you the best of luck uh, on uh, launching season two. Awesome, Jeff. Thanks for appearing on the show. Can't wait for people to see it this week and uh, learn more about TTM and and hopefully uh, some good some good stories here from Boston. All right. Thank you, Brandon. Thank you, Jeff. We're good. Awesome, man. Thank you, thank Jeff. You, do you um do you keep the video of some? Well, Drew, we have another one in the books. Woohoo! Yeah, we do. Lot lot to talk about this week, guys. I hope you enjoyed uh my interviews with Les Wolf. We want to thank Les for joining us as always. He always has great uh feedback and content. Uh I want to thank Brandon Versal from The Cards Life. Make sure you watch it. It's on um Bally Sports Network. He's on uh, Masson. It's uh, on Nesson, it is on uh, MSG all across the country. You can check out the CardsLifeTV.com on YouTube. You can see old episodes, or you can see the Cards Life, the Card Life uh, TV on their website for um, schedule when it, when it's going to air. Check it out. Let me know how bad I did in my interview. I'm, I'm interested to see how how it goes. Um, we got a big big week coming up. Uh, uh, we got NBA Finals coming up. We've got uh, Stanley Cup playoffs coming up. Drew, you got any you know, games you're going to? No, I've got another weekend off here. It's going to be the week after that, though. I've got uh, games the next two weeks after this one. So uh, definitely enjoying the time off here. Get a chance to rest a bit before it gets all crazy in the month of July. Well, we're going to go yard sailing and see if we can can get some bargains this weekend and uh, maybe hit a, hit, a, hit a card store here and there and see see if we can get some bargains, pick up some more TTM fodder. As I said, I picked up the uh, rookie Rico Petroselli card for the national, and I've been looking for some national stuff to, you know, some cards to send off uh, when we when we go to you know, get autographed at the national. Uh, all sorts of cool stuff coming up. We have, as I said, I've been interviewing guys left and right. We got a lot of... Uh, cool interviews for you guys coming up so let people know what we're doing thank uh, all the new listeners that we have and all our old listeners uh next week we're going to have mike mike floyd mike floyd play eight played eight seasons in the minor leagues with the california angels the houston astros and the los angeles dodgers and we're going to he wrote and has written a new book it's called um the bush league blues it's available on Amazon. We're going to talk to Mike about his new book and about his time as a minor leaguer and as well as um, some of the, you know, asking people for autographs and that kind of stuff. So it's, it's really cool. Drew, anything else before I let you go? Yeah, I think we got everything pretty well covered here as always. All right, guys. Thank you. Uh, everyone. Thanks. Listen, I wish everyone many happy re- returns. We will see you next week. Have a great week.